Hi, I'm Ann Hillman with Alaska Public Media's Solutions Desk, reporting on the people and programs that make Alaska communities stronger. This month, we're following the story of Dion Wynn, an Anchorage man who's working to keep his home and dreams intact. When Dion was unexpectedly hospitalized for more than a month last fall, he realized he was going to have financial difficulties. His medical providers called for backup. Well, they, they'd seen what I was going through and the stress that I was having, that I may have to move out of my home. So they said, uh, we, we think we need to get the social worker in. Dion wasn't going to be able to return to work anytime soon, and he knew he wouldn't be able to cover all of his expenses. The social worker helped him figure out which programs he could apply for and which he couldn't. Filled out all that paperwork, and uh, I received it, and uh, they gave me food stamps. They put me on Medicaid, and uh, they let my daughter be on Medicaid, and that's what public assistance did for me. Though it helped with some things, it wasn't enough to cover his rent. For confidentiality reasons, Dion's social worker couldn't talk to me directly to tell me all of the resources she and other caseworkers tried to access. Instead, she sent me to Anchorage's Aging and Disability Resource Center. It's the first stop for lots of people in the city who are seeking rental assistance. We get so many requests. We get probably, I want to say like each of us probably get like 10 calls a day, maybe between all all three of us. That's Jasmine Bracey, a resource specialist with the Aging and Disability Resource Center who focuses on rental assistance. Despite the agency's name, the workers counsel anyone who's trying to find resources in Anchorage. Sometimes, but not always, the ADRC has a small pot of federal money that they can give people for rental assistance. The amount varies from year to year, but HUD provided about $140,000 for rental assistance statewide in 2017. Before they can give money, the resource specialists have to see if the person is eligible. A primary qualification is employment. They have to have worked in the past 30 days for most rental assistance. But what about situations like Dion's, where he couldn't work because of an illness? I don't really know what would happen because they wouldn't be able to get assistance if they haven't worked in that last 30 days. The reason that they have to work is they have to show that they're sustainable. Jasmine's colleague, Carla Wright, jumps into the conversation. She explains that for most rental assistance programs, a person can only get help once in their life. Unlike some forms of public assistance, it doesn't provide consistent, sustained support. The whole point in this program is it that someone has hit a speed bump and we're helping them get over that speed bump and that they're going to be able to continue to move forward. Dion hit a speed bump when he was hospitalized for over a month, had his big toe amputated, and couldn't quickly go back to work. His unique situation disqualified him from receiving some avenues of assistance. That's why Carla and Jasmine look beyond just tapping short-term pots of money and work with people to develop longer-term solutions for maintaining housing. That includes reassessing how they spend their money. They have conversations about budgeting and refer people to financial literacy classes. When people are writing out their income, it's like, wow, I spend like like, like $700 on just my car or $200 on like a phone bill. So then it kind of lets people see like what they're really spending their money on. So then we get to talking about things like that. Oftentimes, people develop their own solutions when talking through it all. For Dion, he can't really cut many more expenses. He drives an aging car, 
Most of his personal belongings fit into a couple rooms. His utilities are included with his rent. Carla says the real key to preventing homelessness for many of the people who are living paycheck to paycheck is to not deny when they're in dire straits. I think the key is, and we tell people this all the time, is communication. If you know that you're not going to be able to pay your rent, and for whatever reason, instead of waiting for that eviction notice to get put on your door or to be handed to you, go ahead and try to be proactive and go ahead and give us a call before that day, uh, you know, and, and, and talk to your landlord. That's what Dion has been doing since the beginning trying to be proactive. When you realized that you were going to be in this situation, what were the first steps you took? I, you know, talking to the landlord, um, she was um, supportive of me because she knew what my goal was as far as opening up a foster home, and she, she was supportive of that. The landlord is willing to wait while Dion tries to pull together resources, but he still needs help. He can't access federal rental assistance, so he's turning to the next resource Carla and Jasmine often suggest the faith community. Join Dion on the next step of his journey as he tries to stay in his housing by subscribing to the Solutions Desk podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or NPR One. Do you have ideas for Dion and others in his situation? Go to alaskapublic.org slash solutions. Thanks for listening. I'm Ann Hillman.